Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges for modern parenting. Check out this week's episode. I'm calling because Terry Joe's not feeling too well this morning, and I don't think she'll be at school today. Oh! Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. Do you want to fly the plane? Of course, but... Great! There's nothing to it. Now, go ahead, place your hand on that lever there. Why were you afraid to show this to me? A plus! Michael, this is going on the fridge. Could we not? Why not? The Struggle is Real podcast starts in 3, 2, 1... Welcome to another episode of The Struggle is Real. I'm Veronica Avila, and joining me today is Dr. Alicia Lagos. Hello, doctor. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. Omar Ramos is not here today because he's out on a special assignment. So today we have a very interesting and very important topic, balance. Finding that school life balance, doctor. Do you find that to be hard? Well, it's something you have to figure out because if you don't figure it out, it just comes and catches you up later in life. Yes, yes, yes. We'll go crazy if we don't. Mm -hmm. Now, we've named today's episode Balancing Life, School, and Extracurriculars. And to discuss further, we've invited Ruby Salazar. She is a child and family psychotherapist with over 25 years experience. She's also the founder of Pennsylvania Lifespan Services. She's currently an adjunct professor of infant and early intervention and developmental disabilities at Fielding University and at Delphi University. Now she enjoys teaching, mentoring, organizational support, and her family, including her four grandchildren. Welcome, Ruby. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you. Yeah, yeah. So today we're going to open up with an icebreaker. How is your calendar of school and activities so far. Now, I know we just started the school year, but mm-hmm. Vero, I know you have three little ones. How are things going? Oh, my goodness. You know what? Kids start at different times. There's still kids that are on vacation. But mine started last week. And I asked my daughter yesterday. She went into high school. And I said, Mija, how do you feel? You First week in high school. And she said, I don't know. I want to have a whole week. I've had like a midweek and then another midweek. So it's kind of weird. But she feels like she's adapting slowly. That she's done so much work at school versus what she used to do in middle school. Because now she's done a project. She's done a presentation. She's written five essays in only five days. Oh, wow. So that They're was, working. <laughs> yes. So good for her, right? Yeah. As a mom, my other two little kids are in elementary school. My boy is in second grade, my little girl just entered kindergarten, all day kindergarten, which is, ah, it's a blessing <laughs> because now I don't have to worry about who's going to pick her up, who's going to take her, etc. Yeah. So I'm really excited about having all of them full time in school. I'm still adjusting, still trying yeah. to, to get my schedule going, but it's going well. How about you? It's really nice to have a routine, right? Especially yes. after the summer where things can get a little tipsy. <laughs> or, yeah, or, 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 or they go to sleep later because it's yeah. the summer and you yeah. have all these activities. And yeah. everything's so loose and, and, and casual. And now you have to get back into yeah, that. Yeah, we just routine. have to all adjust. And I think we just have to be gracious with all of us because when we're making a change and mm-hmm. we have to get back into the routine, yes. it, it could be exacting on you as a parent as well as the kids because, you know, you got to ask them to go to bed earlier on time when they got used to going later, you know, all of these things. So I think as parents have a lot of dosage of grace for each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and just kind of breathe, breathe in. How about you, Ruby? I know you have your grandchildren with you or some of them with you? Yeah, there are a lot of things I'd like to say in relationship to your conversation. First of all, I think it's a really good idea to 
start earlier than when school starts Mm -hmm. to get back into routines of when to go to bed, when to wake up, how to get yourself ready for the day. You know, the things that we really want to begin to have children have responsibility for when when they become school age and even before in preschool. And I think one is able to do that better when the balance is organized around emotional need. Mm -hmm. So if I as an individual am well-regulated, I'm taking good care of myself, I have a good view of myself, I'm healthy, then I'm going to be a better partner as a couple, which is really important. It's very foundational. It's why you got married and had kids in the first place. And it becomes so easy to forget about that peace Mm -hmm. in the throes of having young children and busy lives, but it's central to maintain. Children are watching it. We know that there's a very serious problem with um, families who don't marry, families who divorce. You know, we have statistical concerns about the fact that more families are either not married or divorced than they are married and intact. And then, of course, to always keep in mind that as a family, individuals have different needs and different personalities, and it's always a moving target. So while you want to be pattern and organized at the same time you need to be flexible. Yes, that's important. Flexibility because if we're going to be strict on those schedules and then it doesn't happen, you're going to get frustrated and then you're going to let it out on yourself and your kids and your spouse and there goes that. No, it's not going to be a pretty picture. (laughs) That's right. There's a lot of challenges that we have to face with all sorts of families, right? Blended families, Mm -hmm. um, single parent families or couples, but we all have to work with each other to make it work. And, you know, there's just some interesting quick facts here. I'll just read a couple of them. Mm -hmm. In terms of extracurricular activities, we realize that when kids go back to school, then all of the activities come along with it and also create some stressors. And so, you know, nearly six in 10 kids aged six to 17 participate in at least one activity on a regular basis. That's a good thing. Yes, it is. It is. Now, it's also costly because it also costs. (laughs) On average, families spend $396 per year on costs related to extracurricular activities. I'm thinking this is per child. Ouch. Especially yeah. and, if you're you know, parent. May I give a shout out for how concerned we need to be that children are too pressured to be engaged in too many activities in order to quote unquote keep up with the Joneses mm-hmm. and that the best kinds of activities are family related activities. And that when it is that families have a culture and philosophy of we like being together and doing things together, children grow up in the environment of their first group, which is their family, to be able to be good group members, which becomes an important skill for all of us as adults. You know, you're right. And one of the things that the research also indicates is how important it is to provide opportunity for kids to just be creative. Yes. And, you know, creativity has all sorts of implications in terms of problem solving and discipline. And discipline. So it's really nice to, yes, if you have the means to engage your kids in, you know, one or two activities. The problem is exactly as you've pointed out, Ruby, when it's, you know, we go crazy. You know, the kids wake up at five in the morning and they have mm-hmm. test team at six in the morning and then they go to school and then at four there's football practice. And then, you know, and, it, you know, they finish at 12 with homework and then they, you know, yes. that kind of it doesn't give them room or space to be kids.
minutes. Yeah, or um, to even rest a little, to take a little break. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Speaking of going crazy, I'm certainly going crazy, and I think a lot of teachers are going crazy whom I've spoken with. I have the privilege of working in school districts, and what's making us crazy is the fact that children are too pressured. You know, the yeah. curriculums, the school curriculums are very dense, they're very academic, they're very focused, but we, as you suggested, the best way for children to learn, especially young children, and certainly even older children in terms of problem-solving skills, is by having real-life opportunity mm-hmm. and real-life doing and creative opportunities. Today, for example, my eight-year-old grandson got upset with his sister because she picked the dog in the Monopoly game and he wanted to be the dog. And he had a very difficult time in problem solving that successfully because he stormed off and got mad. And it took a lot of wooing to bring him back to be able to problem solve that. I talked to him about how the brain works and when the brain is most efficient and all this stuff in a language he could really understand. And it's amazing how he was able to come back around to address the problem in a more mature and more successful way. So it's these everyday opportunities that Mm -hmm. happen within family life that don't cost anything, you know, so much. Just time and just patience and just attention, which, of course, is much easier to do when it is that we ourselves are in good places. Most definitely. How about we go into our first sketch? Let's listen to it. It's called The Costume Cut. Hi, Mr. Clemens. Good morning. This is Thelma Rabinowitz, Terry Joe's mother. Good. I'm good. Thank you. And yourself? Wonderful. Well, I'm calling because Terry Joe's not feeling too well this morning, and I don't think she'll be at school today. Oh! Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. Oh! But not too bad, thank goodness. Uh, what's wrong? Uh, what's not wrong, you know? Uh, uh, a cough, I think. <coughs> it kind of sounds like a dog bark, <coughs> but like a little dog, you know? Oh, oh, what else? She seems really dehydrated. Mom, I need some water, please. Lots of dry mouth. My mouth, it's so dry. And I almost forgot, lots of diarrhea. Oh boy, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I don't know what it could be, but we need to get her to the doctor pronto. You know what I mean? Terry Joe, when you're finished in the bathroom, can you take your bucket out to the car? Thanks, honey bunches. So, um, yeah, she won't be in today, but she will definitely be there tomorrow. How do I know she'll be there tomorrow? Um, just her, uh, you know, it just seems like a 24-hour kind of thing. I feel so awful, but something is telling me I'll be much better in 18 through 24 hours. So, yeah, she has my permission to stay home today. Just fluids and rest, and I'll make sure she gets all of her homework done for tomorrow and doesn't miss a beat. Thank you, Mr. Clemens. You too. Bye-bye, then. Phew! That was close. Nice work on the diarrhea. Thank you. I drew from personal experience. Anything for Costume Con 37, am I right? Uh, I didn't stay up all night making these 12-foot functioning wings for nothing. They look so amazing. How are my contacts? Do they look pure black or like grayish black? Definitely pure black. Awesome. And my hooves? If I didn't know any better, I think you were a real Armonitron from Omega Beta 7. Um, thanks, Mom. You know, I'm so glad we finally get to do this together. Me too. 
I love you so much, Zemi noob noobs. I love you too, Albatross, bringer of doom. How I feel about this one. We just heard 14-year-old Terry Jost. She was skipping school to go to a custom kind of show with her mom. Now, the mom called, obviously, the school and gave this whole lies, baloney story there. But the school bought it. They bought the whole story. What's going on here, doctor? Is this a healthy approach? Once in a while? I, don't know. I understand on the one hand, the mom is trying to bond with her daughter and some yes. fun thing that they have going. The problem, of course, is when you start playing mm-hmm. with those components that are questionable. And then later your kids are going to, you know, it becomes very easy for them to then lie to you, Mm -hmm. lie to others. So at the core, what are you trying to teach your kids? You know, the value that you're trying to teach them. I know so many parents skipping school, missing a day of school, even when the the child is Mm -hmm. legitimately sick is an absolute no. They're very strict about it and others are just more flexible. That's different though. In this case, the mom is (laughs) purposely (laughs) reenacting this whole scenario. You know, is it really worth it? Yeah on the long road where there's going to be so many opportunities that then they're going to be like, well, it's okay to lie uh, to justify the mean. And mm-hmm. that's the concern, right? Yes. I mean, as a mom... Trying to kid integrity and honesty and is that a value that you want to pursue and you want them to have? That was my first thought. What do you think, Ruby? I mean, she's obviously trying to give her daughter a, a day to remember. I know this is a cool thing to attend. It's once a year, maybe once in a lifetime. I don't know. But is she inadvertently sending mixed messages? I think that what's really important is to remember that what parents do is more of an education than what parents say. And so Mm -hmm. if that particular family, their culture is such that they feel that it's perfectly right to miss school for something that they consider to be an important experience for their child, then why not just say that? They have the right to say that and be truthful about it. They don't have to make up a story about it. Secondly, I know that there are school districts now who will not provide make-up homework or make-up opportunity of tests if a child misses school for reasons that are not excusable. You know, excusable reasons are illness, family reasons, specific family reasons, but sometimes parents will select to keep a child out of school, but it's not a technically excused absence. And in those cases, as long as there aren't a lot of those, you know, they're in the state of Pennsylvania, for example, if children miss more than I think it's 21 or 22 days of school, parents can actually be picked up and put in jail no matter who they are. Right. So too much truancy is not a good thing. So, again, I think it sums up to what are the rules of the school? What are the rules of the family? And how is it that when there is a bridge that needs to be made between what the school's rules are and what the family culture is, that the parents do it in a way that's honorable, Mm -hmm. that they're going to have their children looking at it and saying, I respect how my parent acted in this. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many ways that you can create a true and beautiful experience with your children Mm -hmm. that are outside of the school time or, you know, you know, you don't have to try to break the rules of the school and get yourself in such a complicated scenario that later the consequences of it are nulled because (laughs) of of that. There's so many chances. Because of our conversation, I'm assuming, I don't know, did you ever have any experience like this when you were a kid growing up with your parents or have you ever had this experience with your own children? Let's just say that my mom directed a couple schools and they founded a couple schools. So, you know, that tells you that there was no (laughs) skipping school happening in my life. (laughs) That's funny. You know what? Actually, I I remember. How about you, Ruby? Have you? 
Well, you know, I'm 69 years old, so uh, being in school was a long time ago for me. Mm-hmm. And I was a Navy brat, so it was a different kind of challenge. We were oftentimes living in a different location each school year. Mm-hmm. So I had to be supported by my mom, mostly because my dad was out on a ship somewhere getting accustomed to a new situation and a new set of friends quickly. But my own children, who I think I worked hard to make sure this would happen, grew up in the same place their whole lives. And I think they really enjoyed that. And we would sometimes, because uh, we're a bicultural family, my husband is Peruvian and I'm born and raised in the U.S., we spent a lot of time in Peru. And as a result of that, we did choose as a family to have them miss some school time Mm -hmm. uh, so that they could have the experience of both cultures. And I don't regret it one bit, but, you know, we tried to be honest about it and make sure that they didn't miss Mm -hmm. things that they needed to cover academically in school. Yes. And I think that's key. You're truthful. Take the opportunity. I know I I did the same thing last year. (laughs) I took my kids to to Disney for my son's birthday, but I, I tried. I mean, I went and I told this, the school, the teachers, I got homework for my kids and everything. Try to do the yeah. best I could, but there's I did no a, reason I didn't why. Wanna, exactly. Yeah, there's no exactly. reason to make up a whole scenario. All and right. then enlist your kids to live with you. I mean, no, come on, yeah. no, because then later on, then you'll, you'll pay the price yeah, for it, yeah. I think. I don't know. I think that what we're all talking about is the parent power that I think sometimes parents don't realize that who they are and how they want their family to be matters and that they can stand up for that if they feel that it's what's right for their children, even if it's adverse to what the rule might be outside of family life, Mm -hmm. if they feel that it's the right thing for them. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, let's go into our next sketch. This one's called A Plus Fridge. Hmm. Guess what, Louisa? I got an A-plus on my math test. (laughs) Well, way to go, Michael. I can't wait to show Dad. Yeah, I'm sure he'll love it, like he always does. What do you you mean? Listen, everybody knows you're the golden boy of the family, but no one cares to ask me about my day. For your information, I got a D-minus on my test, but woohoo for you, you'll make it to the fridge. Dad will praise you, Dad will scold me, and it's the circle of life. Oh. Let's just get this over with. Look who's home. How was school today? It was fine. Um, uh, it was cool. Louisa, I know you sat out gym class today. How many times have I told you that you have to participate? Listen, I had cramps. It happens. You've had cramps the last three weeks. You can't keep saying that. I don't see why I have to get graded on kicking a ball around. I want to draw. You were good at soccer when you did it when you were little. (laughs) That was Michael. Remember, I scored on my own team. Oh, right. I remember that. (laughs) You and everyone else. All right, well, I'm going to go to my room and uh, start my homework. Hold on, Michael. You got a big test back today, right? That one I helped you study for. How'd you do? Fine. No real news. Uh, Bye. Not so fast. Did you not do well? Let me see your test. I'd rather not. All right. Well, my art teacher gave me some new charcoals. I'm just going to go. Hold on, Louisa. Michael, show me the test. Dad. Do I have to take it out of your backpack? Come on. Hand it over. Mike, I'm not going to argue with you. (sighs) Could we not? Michael. All right. How'd you... Michael. (laughs) 
Why were you afraid to show this to me? A plus. Michael, this is going on the fridge. Could we not? Why not? I'm going to my room. What's going on with you two today? Dad, I don't want to be the only one on the fridge. Michael, it's fine. I don't need to be on the fridge. I don't want to be on the fridge. Ugh! Louisa, where are you going? Louisa, get back here. I think you should go talk to her. Oh, man, that was kind of sad. Comparison between siblings. So we heard two kids, Louisa and Michael. Michael is obviously very good in academics, and Louisa, more on, on... She's more of a regular student. You know, she's good. She has other talents. But dad seems to have the bad habit of comparing them. And as a result, there's somewhat of a sibling rivalry. Why is this a practice that's unhealthy, doctor? Well, let's think about it. How would it feel if you would be at work, for example, and they would be comparing you with, you know, Sam next door that's doing, you know, stellar. We just feel rejected. And that sense of rejection because you're not meeting up to that standard just feels awful. You know, I don't know that parents do this consciously, but studies do show that somehow parents do have a favorite. They do show favoritism more often than not. Um, there's one kid that they just have a heart for. So as parents, we need to just be careful that we're not putting one against the other constantly mm-hmm. or comparing. Comparing is you need to be like more like so-and-so. What are we telling our kids that they're not loved and they're not valued for who they are? Now, we're not saying that, but by comparing them, that's the message that they receive. Exactly. And uh, just as as Ruby mentioned before, kids learn more of what you model them, right? What Mm -hmm. you do than what you say. Now, Ruby, what psychological effects can comparisons have on children in the long run? Well, it's an interesting thing, comparisons, because, again, here we are needing to think. I first I agree with the doctor and everything that she emphasized. But I think we need to remember that we have to start with ourselves. Who are we? What are we comfortable with? And where are our natural? We have children, but we don't naturally easily have fits with them. We may have a more natural fit with one child than another fit because of who we are and where that natural fit may happen. The other thing is that we need to remember that each child is unique and different, Mm -hmm. has their own neurobiological profile of how they feel comfortable in the world, how they learn, how they are creative, etc., And those unique profiles are what makes the world go round, you know, what makes the world a great place. I've heard many famous people, for example, inventors and people who are very successful in what they pursue, talk about how they were never good students Mm -hmm. and that they had a very hard time moving from subject to subject or, or operating within the confines of the way schools are set up. Unfortunately, Schools are not in a place oftentimes to be flexible to the unique learning styles of the children and don't give them the opportunities that they need to really blossom in the way that they should. Mm -hmm. And it's in the families that that should happen. I mean, it should certainly happen in the schools, but it should absolutely happen in the families. And I think we professionals need to provide families opportunities of learning about these things. For example, when a baby's born in a hospital, mm-hmm. I can do an assessment on a newborn baby called the Brazelton Neonatal Assessment Scale that helps those parents understand particular ways in which this baby might be consoled and helped to calm down. So there are many of those kinds of things in every pathway 
across family life that can be provided to support families better. Most definitely. So finding those resources, because they are available, it's just mm -hmm. finding them. But I know I want to mention something that I've learned here on The Struggle is Real, thanks to you, Dr. Laos, self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And I think Ruby uh, tapped into that. Maybe we're making these comparisons and we haven't really stopped to think, wait a second, I'm, I'm comparing them and this is what's what's going on. I'm causing this these feelings in my kids. So I guess first being self-aware of what you're doing and then finding those resources. Right. And, you know, sometimes if you find yourself repeatedly being irked by your child because mm -hmm. you're failing at something, it might be a projection of something that is going on inside of you. Either they're manifesting mm -hmm. um, some kind of behavior that you don't like seeing in yourself or that you crave and you would like to see in yourself do better. And so they're just a mirror of you and you don't like it. So you're rejecting wow. that inside of you and then you are rejecting it on them because they are visually representing it. And so sometimes it's about that. So if you're continuously doing that, you know, doing that little bit of a self-checkup is, is important as well. But we need to just honor our kids mm -hmm. and recognize that they have talents, they have gifts, they're very individual, they're all going to be different. One is going to be more artistic and the other one is going to be more of a brainy book guy or something, kid. And that's okay, but just embrace them and appreciate them and nurture them and work with them in that regard. Great Boy, stuff. You just said two things that I think are so fundamentally important. One is that we all have our dream for child, mm -hmm. right? You know, you sort of have this idea of, I mean, I started thinking about it when I was 10 years old. And so you have these babies, but guess what? They end up being their own person, right? Yeah. Yeah. They become their own, their own people. And so to the degree that we're insightful about ourselves, understand who we are and that we may tend to project, as you say, I want you to be my dream for mm -hmm. child. I don't want you to be like that. You know, mm -hmm. it's irking me that you're like that. I want you to be this way. But they are their own people, and, and we need to blow on them in such a way that they can become their own people. And then they'll have good self-esteem, too. Love mm -hmm. it. Thank you for that. Great. So let's go into our last sketch. This one is called Over Philadelphia. Uh, attention, passengers. This is your captain speaking. We are currently cruising at an altitude of 34,000 feet. We should be arriving in sunny Orlando in approximately two hours and 38 minutes. We're now clear of any turbulence, so uh, sit back, relax, and feel free to move about the cabin. Dad? Yes, son? Why do you talk like that over the loudspeaker? All pilots talk like that over the loudspeaker. It's the rule. It's true, Michael. It's the first thing they teach you in pilot school. Why don't you give it a try? You're our co-pilot today, after all. I thought co-pilot Phil was the co-pilot. Well, duh. My name is co-pilot Phil, after all. But you are the co-co-pilot, right? That's right. So, Michael, repeat after me. Uh... The sound comes from all the way back in your throat. Uh... Perfect. Now, say this. This is your, uh, captain speaking. Uh, we will be arriving at Disneyland in, uh, three and a half hours. We'll be arriving at, uh, Disneyland in, uh, three and a half hours. Please keep your seatbelts flashing and your arms and legs inside the plane at all times. Uh, Perfect! <laughs> You're the best co-co-pilot I've ever had. I'm so glad you decided to come with me this weekend. I feel like I haven't seen you at all this year. I've been in so many cities. I'm just glad you're flying me to Florida. Everyone in my class is so jealous I get to sit in a cockpit. We're going to do more than that. 
What do you mean? Co-pilot Phil, would you mind switching seats with our co-co-pilot over here? Let him sit behind the controls for a minute. Uh, that's a Roger. What? Really? Of course! Come on up here! Oh my gosh, this is so amazing! Look at those clouds! Yeah, I don't think I like the look of those. To tell you what, I'm going to take us off of autopilot. Why don't you take a hold of that lever there in front of you and dip us down a few hundred feet. Gotta maintain visibility. What? You're joking? Is that allowed? Won't we get in trouble? What about the black box? Ah, don't worry about that. It's all good. Besides, co-pilot Phil's cool. As a cucumber. In fact, I might just close my eyes and ears for a minute. Take a co-pilot catnap. I, uh, don't think I should. Do you want to fly the plane? Of course, but... Great! There's nothing to it. Now, go ahead. Place your hand on that lever there. I can't! I'm going to disengage autopilot in three... No, no, no! Two... I'm scared! One... We're going to crash! And there you go. You got it. Yeah? Just hold it steady. Keep us on course. Whoa. You having fun? Scary fun. Like I'm scared, but it's fun. I'm flying a plane! (laughs) Nothing to it. See? Can I fly us to Orlando? Uh, how about to Philadelphia? How far is that? At this speed, uh, two more minutes. Okay. How do I dip out of the clouds? Easy. All you do is lean forward on the stick, gently, tiny bit at a time. Yeah, that's it. Doing a great job. Now, you see that little switch? What a great story. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Especially lately that we've been encouraging dads to be more involved, more actively involved in the lives of their kids. I love this story. So that was dad who happens to be a pilot taking his 10-year-old son, Michael, on a trip over Philadelphia. Now, we see him still busy. He's got a busy schedule. He's a busy pilot. But he managed to bring his son for the ride, for a wonderful bonding experience. Dr. Laos, why is it important to make the time to connect with our kids, even even when you have a very crazy tight work schedule? They hunger for it. They really want to be with you as a parent. And that's going to be a memorable experience. By the way, I was listening to the whole thing and I was like freaking out. Like, (laughs) I'm going to crash. (laughs) A part of me was going, what are they doing? But um, all joking aside, yeah, it's beautiful to just be able to give kids those moments when we're attentive to them. And it means the world to them for us to be able to bond in that way. Mm -hmm. You earn their respect. They just crave to be attentive to in that way. And that's going to be a significant difference down the line. Yes. And that was going to be my next question for Ruby. What impact will an experience like this one have on Michael on a 10-year-old down the line? I don't think there's anything more important to say than what Dr. Alicia was saying. It's really about the bonding. I mean, I think what we want to remind families of is that while there is initial foundational bonding in the relationship between the parents and the baby, there is ongoing need for engagement. And it's not just about what the papa needs or what the mama needs or what the child needs, but it's the engagement of the child with each of them who are unique and different Mm -hmm. and the opportunity of that. But what it really sums up to for the child is that the child has a strong sense of belonging. And I think that's a very serious concern 
of Western culture these days is that our children have trouble feeling that they really belong. Mm -hmm. And when they strongly feel that in a healthy way they belong in the lives of each of their parents and their siblings and their extended family, which is more and more challenging these days because we're living all over the place and not close to our nuclear families. We create that environment in the form of our neighbors and our friends and our extended lives outside of our family. So that sense of belonging becomes something that's very important from the get-go and all along the way. And when it is they become teenagers and they look away from us and they look out into the world at other families and other parents and the way they do things and their peers and the way they're getting invited to do things, they're going to feel better about making strong and not so easy decisions at times when they feel that they belong in a good and healthy way. Most definitely. Thank you both for sharing your expertise on such an important topic. We need balance in our life. We need balance in the whole work, life, school activities. Let's not get too crazy, but yes, let's go take them out, right? What would be your recap, Dr. Lyle, for today's segment of Keeping It Real? Yeah, take time. You know, we are busy adults who is not in this day mm -hmm. and age, but do carve the time. Your children will cherish those moments. They'll keep those experiences in their memories, and they will just, like Ruby said, feel a sense of belonging, you know, that they're important, that they're valued. Your kids will often ask you to spend some time with them, mm -hmm. listen to them, don't ignore that plea, and do make it a priority. Life will get busy. You have to carve the time. You have to be intentional about spending that time with your children. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to come easily. You have to be intentional with the values that you set forth. So if you would like for your children to be honest, to have compassion, be children with character, to be courageous, you need to not only model that, but the activities and the memories and the experiences that you carve out would need to be in line with that. Yes. Um, so we saw that in the earlier skit. And yes, and I'm sure that's going to help form the adult they'll become, mm -hmm. and that's going to have a positive impact in the relationships they'll have later in life. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Ruby, where can we find more information about you and the services that you provide? I think that uh, if you just want to be in touch with me, I have an email address. The services that I provide are at this point, consultative services for professionals and clinical intensive consults. I actually do them in a number of places, Chicago being one of them. And you can be in touch or I can refer you to people that I know out and about who might be a good fit for families. The most important thing I'd like to say is thank you. It was such a privilege. I, I listened to your podcast and I think that they're incredibly uh, rich and meaningful for professionals to listen to, for families to listen to, because I think they're both theoretical and practical. I really appreciate that. And I want to thank you for inviting me. No, no. Thank you for joining Wonderful. us. Yes. And thank you for the work that you do. And I also send a shout out to all the teachers and all the social workers out there that are taking on the big responsibility of taking care of our, our kids as well. It's an extension of the parenting work, of the work that we have to do. It takes a takes a village, right? Thank you for your hard work. <laughs> so appreciated. Yes. Well, that's it for today's episode of The Struggle is Real. Visit FamilyBridgesUSA.org for more information. And for more resources, of course, you can also follow us on social media, right, doctor? Absolutely. And if you can, take some time and go to the iTunes or Google Play and make sure that you rate the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Yes. 
Thanks for listening. We are Veronica Avila. And I'm Dr. Alicia Laos. Till next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.